Hello, ladies and gents, bulls and bears. Welcome to another episode of Sir Trader Lot, the podcast. And this is actually my 11th episode. So I'm on a roll. And I'm also on a roll to 25,000. Yep, that's the goal I set out for myself. And that's what we are going to talk about talk about today. Um, I actually named this episode The Continuation. Because I know I've told you previously that my account has been on a roller coaster. You know, I build it up a little, it drops back down, I build it up some more, and then, you know, I end up doing something to jeopardize my account and it drops back down. But for the past two weeks, I've been on a pretty much steady uptick. So we're going to talk about that and we're going to also have a little, another education session um, talking about what a float is, the share float. So buckle up and Let's get into this episode of Sir Trader Lot, the podcast. Sir Trader Lot, the podcast. Okay, so for this week ending, uh, what is this? August, Friday, August 31st. Um... It's, I would say it's it's a decent week. I'm not going to say it was a good week because I was able to build my account, but the trades that I made could have been executed a lot better. You know, I left some money on the table, but um, I did profit from most of my trades. I only had one bad trade that I took, um, a loss that was bigger than, what I should have, but for the most part, um, I was able to make some profit off most of the trades, but I did leave money on the table. Um, the stock that I took a loss on or a big loss was that was S A E X. Um, it was a dumb trade, you know, just to be blunt. I got in at 77 cents about 78 cents it was 775 so about 78 cents and it wasn't a big drop but i think i had about 600 shares or a, a little over 600 so you know for each tick that it dropped down that was a six dollar loss so it dropped down to 71 cent and that's where i got out at the reason i said it was a, a, a dumb trade because i got in on its way down from a pump. So I got in in the middle of a dump. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the, the high maybe was like around maybe 90, 90 cents. Um, at that time, the low of the day was about 77, you know, I think about 72 cents. And I can't remember what it opened up. I think it opened up maybe around 76 cents. So I got in at 77. Um, like I said, it was on its way down from a dump. I mean, from a pump. So I should have, you know, exercised some patience and found another stock that was, you know, more appealing. Um, but somehow I convinced myself that, you know, it was going to reverse from what was already a dump. You know, it was going go in the opposite direction and get close get close to the the high of the day which was 90 
Um, but of course that didn't happen. So that was a, a, a trade that shouldn't have been made. And I actually, the reason, the main reason I got in was because the volume, um, it was about, I'd say three times the volume. I know, I think the average volume was like around, I can't even remember. It was probably like 600,000 or something. And when I saw it, I think the current intraday volume, it was well over a million. So I just felt like the increased volume would kind of turn it around. But that wasn't the case. It was another stock. Um, I think it was like MTB or MTV. I don't think it was MTV. I think it was MTB, something, something like that. But that stock was in around the same price range, but it had a lower intraday volume. Um, but it has new, it had news behind it to support it. I think they had a, a good, um, like phase one, um, of a trial. So that would have been, you know, a, a, a more appealing stock to invest in, you know, to trade, but I chose the wrong one and it happens. But if I would have, you know, took my time with a exercise some patience, like I should have, I probably would have made a better decision, but, um, that put me at about a, I'll say around $30, $40 loss. So that was my one mistake that I wish I had back, but it didn't kill me. It didn't hurt me. Um, so for my winners, it was about, I had, I'd say maybe two. Uh, I'd say, I'd say three de decent winners. Um, the first one, was ATAI. Um I got in at a dollar and fourteen cent. I got out at a dollar and forty cents. Um I got in while the intraday volume um it was over a million a million shares traded. Um I don't remember the exact number but the average volume is only forty four thousand um and ATAI also had a low float at 35 million shares so um you know i saw it on an uptick so i jumped in 114 and i was able to okay so this is the story, about, the story behind this um it was a good a decent trade because i did make um a little over 70 dollars from it you know which is good being that i have a small account um, it was a bad trade. It was poorly executed. Um, the high of the day was 190. And what got me was the halts. I just did, you know, a little education session on, a, on, on, on halts. And this one had three halts. So after the first halt, you know, the stock continued to rise. After the first two, actually. It started to rise. But on the third halt, that's when the the reverse, the reversal happened. You know, that's when it started to decline. Um, and it kind of it kind of declined fairly quickly. So. I kind of wish I would have got gotten out around the high. Um, like I said, it hit one it hit 190 from 114 and from there 
after the second halt, I think it dropped to about one. Well, after the third halt, it dropped to one sixty, um, and then it just started to go down from there. But the crazy thing about it is that even though it dropped down to one forty, and that's where I got out because I didn't want to see it drop any further, it actually made another reversal um, around the close of the day. And got back up to like I think around actually I think it went over two dollars. So this was a poorly traded um stock. And you know, you live and you learn. Like I say, I don't take it as a loss, I take it as a lesson. Um I should have and and, and and of course they, what they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I mean I didn't know what was gonna happen after the halts. Um but I should have so after the first or second halt, um, because I had a goal this week to get my account over $500. And I actually did it with this one trade. Um, and this trade was made on Monday. So the first day of the week, you know, I met my goal. I think my account went from like two something up to almost 550. Um, but I didn't lock in the profits. So ended up only taking about $73 profit. And I left close to maybe $150 on the table. Um, more than that, if you count, you know, the, the where the price went after I sold it. Um, but while I was in the stock, you know, I had a um, chance to add on an extra $150 to what I did um, profit or what I did lock in. Um, but, you know, that's, I guess that's what you go through sometimes when you when you're trading stocks, especially with, Halts, you never know which way it's going to go. So, um, bad trade, but I did profit from it. So, not, you know, it's not a, a, a total bad situation. So, but for this stock, um, it was other stocks that I had my eye on and I waited. For this stock, I actually exercised some, some patience and it paid off, you know, so... It's good when you do things the right way and you're pretty much rewarded for it. So, you know, I was happy about that. Um, the other stock that I profited on, um, this was kind of a bad executed stock. Um, IGC, I got in at 174. Um, I got out at 187. Um, for this stock, other factors played a part, um, in whether or not I got out of the stock, um, besides just the technicals. I know I talked about this before, um, but this one was kind of on purpose and I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. I guess it depends on the situation at, at the time, but I got in at 174, um, it went up to 215 after hours and I could have sold for a profit, but the reason I didn't sell is because I want to save. I wanted to save my day trade. And when it comes to day trades, I feel like day trades are valuable to me. Sometimes, you know, I'd rather have my day trade than to have a certain profit, especially if I'm going to end up making money anyway. Because, like, in this case, 
I I made a thirty dollar profit. I got in at one seventy four, got out at a dollar eighty seven cent, and that put me up. I forgot how many shares I had, but that put me up thirty dollars. Um, if I would have sold around two fifteen, that would have gave me about a sixty five dollar profit or something like that. But like I said, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong. I know the name of the game is to make money. But I know having day trades is valuable to me because I do things sometimes to jeopardize my account. And not having a day trade can really put me in a bad position sometimes. So even though I I didn't get the full um, profit that I could have, the $65, I was actually, I wasn't, you know, upset with taking $30 um, home and walking away with a day trade, you know, because I know if I would have took that $60, yeah, it would have been $60, but I would have started the next day after that without a day trade. And I probably would have ended up doing something to put my account in jeopardy and probably would have took a loss equal to what I made or somewhere close to it, if not more. So that was my, you know, my mindset behind that, keeping my day trade. And that's probably what I'm going to continue to do. I mean, de- depending on, like, I mean, if it's going to be a difference between taking home, like, $300 or $50, I'm going to take the $300 and give up my day trade, of course. But when I was looking at the difference between, you know, $60, I mean, the account started to drop, but... It didn't drop that much to the point where I was upset that I held on to the day trade. So for me, it was a win-win situation. I kept a day trade and I was able to um, take on, you know, a small profit. So that was that. That was IGC. And the last one that I took a decent profit on is YVR. Um, this one had a float of about $2 million. Um, it ended the day with six million volume, uh, six yeah, six million shares traded. Um, the average volume was like around one hundred and ninety thousand. Um, so I got in a dollar and thirteen cent. Um, I got out at a dollar and thirty six cents. And this one was probably one of my better trades as far as execution, because um, I think the high was like around. Maybe one forty a dollar and forty two cent somewhere around there, I think. Um, but as soon as I hit the button to get out at one thirty six, by the time I got back to the screen, um, you know where it shows the quote, it actually had dropped down to like one twenty four. So just a matter of seconds, you know, that's another ten twelve point drop. Um, but usually it works the other way for me, you know. Usually. When I buy a stock, that's when it drops, you know, or when I sell a stock, that's when it, it seems to reverse and starts to go um, in a positive direction. So this time, you know, I, I kind of played it as well as I can play it. I didn't sell it at the peak high, but, you know, I sold it where I can get a decent profit and I didn't take um, what could have been um, a smaller profit if I would have waited like another 30 seconds. So. Um, that was a good one. That one, um, I took home 
about $80 profit. So for the week, um, I'm positive or I'm plus, um, $153, $150. I think it was, I think my, uh, Robin Hood account says like plus $153. So I did reach my goal that I wanted to reach, um, of 500 for the week. Um, I believe right now, um, I think the stock that I'm in now and it gained a little like $6 an after hour. So like right now I'm at about, let's just say five fifteen, five, somewhere between five fifteen and five twenty. Um, but the stock that I'm in now and I'm actually swinging it, um, through the weekend and that's a V G R. I believe I don't have it written down, but I, I believe it's a V G R. And, um, some of the technicals, um, look good enough for me to get in the EMA. Um, I used the five, the 10 and the 20 EMA. And I know the five crossed over the 10 and I think the 10 crossed over the 20. Um, so, you know, that was a, a bullish sign for me. And, you know, the candlesticks already show a reversal happening. So, and also it was an increase in volume today. Not by a lot. I think the average volume was like maybe around five or 600,000. And I think that um, the day's volume was around 800,000, something like that. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I believe I got into the stock at around a dollar and fifty six cents. And right now in after hours, I think it's up to like a dollar and fifty nine cents. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Tuesday is a brand new day. Um, no trading on Monday because of the holiday. So you're going to get back at it Tuesday. You know what I mean? I met my goal. I'm over $500. Um, like the great notorious B.I.G. say, more money, more problems. Um, I'm getting to the point now where I'm really going to have to buckle down and and try to, you know, stay, stick with the plan and definitely keep my um, losses to a minimum. Um, you know, using my stop loss, whether it's mental or whether it's, you know, um, executed into the system. Because, like I said before, I was getting 80 shares, 100 shares, 120 shares. So for every tick, if it's a losing stock, I'm only losing about, you know, 80-something cent, maybe a dollar, maybe $2 at the most. But now I'm up to the point where, you know, most of these stocks, I can buy like 500 shares, sometimes up to 800 shares. So, you know, if I have a stock that dropped five points and I'm at 800 shares, you know, that's what, $40. So, you know, I really have to, and, you know, $40, that's a big dent on my account being that I'm only working with a $500 account. So um have to really, you know, pay close attention to keeping my losses to a minimum. Um And I've been doing good with this so far. So, you know, that, I mean, it's a matter of, you know, the stocks that I'm picking also. You know, if I pick a stock that's, you know, volatile, then 
I have to understand that, you know, it's a chance that it can start to drop fairly quickly. You know, some stocks, most stocks, they, you know, drop one tick at a time, you know, one cent. You know, it started $2, it dropped to 99 then 98 then 97 But there are stocks out there I've seen, you know, they drop from, they start at $2 and then you blink and it's down to, you know, 192 you know it might drop eight or five cent and you know one tick so i just have to you know be conscious of the type of stock i'm picking um and just be patient and not buy swing trades you know at 9 40 in the morning and not have a day trade you know things of that nature you know i'll be setting myself up for failure a lot of times but it's been a good week it's been a good past two weeks um, I'm looking for a continuation next week. Uh, I'm going to give myself another goal that I think is obtainable, um, but it won't be easy. So let's go with, let's go with another 250. I'm going I'm to I'm go with another 250. So I'm looking for a 750 by the end of next week. Um, no, I'm not going to do that to myself. Let's go with one. It's, it's a short week. Um, Monday's a holiday, so I'm at like five something. Let's go with, let's go with six fifty in four days. That's 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 something that's doable. Um, six fifty four days. Let's see if it can happen. Um, so that's it for my update. We are still in a continuation, and we're going to continue this episode in the next segment, and we're going to talk about. What the share float is, you know, a lot of times you hear about low floats. Um, that's what you want when you're looking for momentum trades for a trade to break out um, and make a strong move to the upside. So we're going to talk about the share float in the next segment of Sir Trader Lot, the podcast. OK, welcome back. So we're going to talk about what is a stock float or a share float. And pretty much um, that's the number of shares that's available for retail traders or for, you know, the the general public. Um, You can find it, you know, by Googling the stock, you know, on different websites. But I primarily use Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z dot com. They pretty much have all the information you need um, on the different stocks. Um, But the way that the stock float is calculated is by taking the number of outstanding shares and subtracted by the restricted shares. So restricted shares are, you know, shares that's owned by, you know, insiders, um, employees, you know, the big institutional um, ownerships. And so you take the numbers that's restricted, the shares that's restricted, and you subtract it from the outstanding shares, and that's how you get your float. And when you're looking for a momentum trade or a breakout, you know, when you're trading, you always want to look for a low um, low share float. Um, what's considered a low float, it depends on who you talk to. You know, I've seen some say under $100 million. I've seen some say under $50 million. Um, but definitely most of the stocks that I've seen break out um, were under $50 million. So pretty much the lower the float, you know, the better your chances. And, you know, usually 
in order to get a momentum or breakout trade. You know, it's always it's usually a catalyst. Not all not always, but it's usually a catalyst like earnings or you know FDA report or something in the, of that nature, um, mergers, things of that nature. So the thing that drives the, the price up is supply versus demand. You know, so what you want is more buyers than sellers. And that's pretty much what a catalyst does. You know, it brings buyers to the table. And, you know, the more buyers, the higher the price can be pushed up. Um, because you have stocks like Bank of America. I think their, um, their share float is somewhere in the billions. It's a few billion. Um, and their average volume is somewhere like 30 million shares or something like that um, traded, I believe, traded per day. So you're going to have to have a real increase in volume in order to move that stock price. Um, but if you have a stock where the share float is like 2 million and then you end up with a 20 million volume on a particular day, you know, that float has rotated 10 times, you know, so that's a real good opportunity for that price to move um, because you most likely will have more buyers than sellers um, with 20 million volume and only 2 million float. So that's pretty much the key. Um, when you're looking for breakout momentum trade, low float is the key. Um, the lower the float, the better the chances for a strong move to the upside. And, you know, it's definitely a plus when it's driven by a catalyst because that can um, pretty much, it won't guarantee, but it, in, it increases the chance that um, the gains will hold. Because a lot of times, you know, you get those pump and dumps. They do make a strong run to the upside, but, you know, a lot of those buyers then become sellers and then it drops right back down to where it started, if not lower. So be careful out there. Um, that's pretty much all I have on low floats. Um, that's what I'm going to be looking for starting Tuesday, um, cause Monday's the holiday. So let's get out there. Let's make this money. Good luck to all the bulls and the bears. And remember you can follow me, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, sir, trade a lot. S I R dot T R A D E dot A dot L O T. Um, for the email at, uh, dot 21 at gmail.com. So that's S I R dot T R A D E dot A dot L O T dot 21 at gmail.com. Any questions, any concerns, any recommendations? Um, if you love it, if you like it, just, you know, send me a message. Let me know. Follow me on Instagram. Um, I post some inspirational posts on there. Um, every now and then, uh, most of the posts that I do put on there is related to me personally, you know, it's things that I need to work on or things that I've overcome and I just, you know, share it as a post on Instagram. So follow me, have a good week. And until next time, I like big bucks and I cannot lie.